Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 168, Well-Written Writing. We got two segments for you this week. First up, Scott and Alex and Nick Bray talk about uh, the possibility of even making a good Legend of Zelda TV show. And then after that, we swap out Nick for special guest James Jones, and the three guys talk about Xenoblade Chronicles X and a little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. So enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson, and today I am with Alex Coffey. Hello, hello. And Nicholas Bray. Hello. And we are going to talk all about that just announced, or I guess not even really announced, I guess revealed. Just rumored to maybe exist. Yeah, uh, Zelda Netflix series. Holy hell. Uh, It kind of came out of nowhere Friday uh, (laughs) afternoon. Uh, The Wall Street Journal of all sites, which, which, or all sources, I guess I should say. Uh, broke the news, which which kind of gives me hope that it is happening. I mean, that's a fairly, <laughs> quote-unquote, fairly reputable uh, source. You know, it didn't come from, like, a Nintendo fan site. Uh, <clears throat> cough, cough, like us. <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's a that's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, that came out Friday afternoon. Uh, it sounds like uh, the anonymous source said it's basically going to try to channel the spirit of Game of Thrones, but be more geared towards... Uh, you know, like probably children or young teens, uh, kind of more of a family-friendly uh, adventure fantasy type show. Uh, and yeah, we'll run on Netflix, uh, which Netflix already does great work uh, with lots of shows. I'm a big fan of Orange is the New Black. I know people really love, uh, what's the one with Kevin Spacey? Uh, House of Cards. House of Cards, yes. Also supposed to be very good. Um, so what, initially, let's let's just talk about reaction. What did you guys think when this news broke? It's going to be no good. <laughs> if it exists it's gonna be no good i don't know it, it, it could be good but um the main thing that i thought of when i heard about it was mainly from like the it's a good idea from like a business perspective to try and yes. if it was like at least halfway decent um you know kids would watch it they may not already like or know about zelda i'd assume that most kids about you know around the age of seven or eight have no idea what zelda even is these days really like um it's not part of the younger kids sort of popular franchises at the moment that's just my sort of interpretation on it so a tv show could bring them in and like you know they might want to try zelda games after that yeah no i agree i mean i think it's a huge tie-in especially if you can get it out this year you know ahead of of the upcoming wii u game i mean like you said it, it hasn't really reached kids but if you create this this fun show that has that fantasy element element and um you know it's just good <laughs> uh i think that that's a huge way of getting people to go oh i need to get a wii u to get this uh the zelda game it seems um, doubtful though really that smart. it would be happening this year i mean like if if it hasn't even got writers attached to it like i couldn't see it coming out until like next year at the earliest do we know it doesn't have writers attached to it it sounds um, very early discussion. I mean, it definitely anything. sounds early, but I mean, if this is a 10-episode, you know, series on Netflix, I mean, I feel like you could kind of, you know, I mean, it's only February. I mean, if, I don't know. I know, you know, you, to have to write it from scratch, I know that would be a lot of work, but I'm assuming if they pitched it, you have to have some, you know, they have to have some sort of core idea and something written, mm. uh, at least as an outline. 
So, I mean, if you can get it going and, and, and film over, you know, spring and summer, I don't know why it couldn't come out, you know, fall or early winter. It depends how big of a scope that they, uh, they want the show to be. Like, if it's like, sure. say it's like six episodes for the first, just to sort of test the waters. Like, six episodes, yeah, it could probably, they might be able to squeeze it out before um before Christmas, you know. But it all depends. They'd have to cast people. They'd have to, there's a lot, oh, of, yeah. there's a lot of, like, filmmaking stuff that I would have to get in getting done <laughs> absolutely and of course that's assuming that the zelda game is actually coming out this year i mean i know that's what's been you know nintendo has said but that doesn't mean delays won't happen. the greatest the so. greatest the greatest irony would be that nintendo delay the game to coincide with the tv show <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be uh kind of funny and of course i wouldn't admit, admit that but <laughs> no no of course not they would just coincidentally come out within a few weeks of each other instead of like eight months apart <laughs> I, I, I think the, uh, just if we can talk about the show just a teensy tiny bit, one of the things that bothers me is that it's it's supposed to be like Game of Thrones but family friendly, which sounds like a recipe for disaster a it little did, bit. It it's, uh, so here, Game of Thrones is one of the largest budget shows ever made, if not by far the largest budget uh, drama ever made. And it is also extremely violent and extremely character-driven. Three things that are averse to a Netflix-ran Legend of Zelda TV show. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I feel like if... Now, budget is something different. But if you look at something like Lord of the Rings, I feel like that's very family-friendly. Uh, it still has the same scope as something like Game of Thrones. And so I feel like you could... you know, So it's not impossible to have an engrossing and engaging fantasy setting... Uh, that doesn't feature like copious amounts of beheadings and nudity and all kinds of things like that. So, yeah, budget budget is a concern naturally, but other than that, I, I think it's possible to to pull off. I think yeah. the f- finding the balance, um, if they if they go down like a like, literal Game of Thrones um, comparison, um, like a watered down Game of Thrones, like how interesting they got to strike the balance between fun fantasy and that sort of political intrigue like uh how you know, we saw saw how it turned out with episode one uh the political intrigue in that like for, for children like they're not that interested in that sort of character driven stuff like you have to find that that balance between the two styles mm. well and luckily uh your main hero presumably is a mute with like no real character definition so uh there might not be much uh character driven story to even have to worry about um, now I wrote an editorial about this on Friday. I, you, so you can go read it there, uh, fair listener, but basically to sum it up, I, I thought Link shouldn't really be a focus of the show. Instead, we should focus on sort of like Hyrule at large and, and other characters whose stories are sort of going on, uh, you know, parallel to, to Link's, uh, in my mind in the, you know, in the upcoming Wii U game. Like, I think it'd be great if the, the show and the game were actually connected in some way. Uh, sort of in what like Marvel's doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then the Marvel movies. Um, just have it be another avenue to sort of enter that world and learn more about the lore and see new see it in new ways that you aren't seeing in the actual game. I don't know if that'll happen or not. I think that's very ambitious, and they would have had to have sort of been planning these things together at the same time, and it doesn't feel like that's what's happened. So I don't think that that will happen, but it, I would. that's what I would rather see. Because I feel like any representation of Link is just going to be met with a lot of complaints and a lot of nitpicking and criticism. Eh, um, a lot of it justified, probably. Well, yeah, I mean, so let's... Right away, Alex, you said you thought that 
this show was just going to be terrible. There was no hope for it. No now, good. I, 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 don't, I think terrible is going to be aggressive. I think when you have Nintendo involved, they're going to figure out some way to make it tolerable. Have but you seen the Mario movie? It's, <laughs> this, this is a very different Nintendo nowadays. Uh, it's, so, so let me tell you the one way that they can make this show that it can work. And while okay. you uh, offered your opinions on an editorial on, on, on NWR... I was talking about this on the latest episode of Nintendo News Report, which you can see on YouTube and on NintendoWorldReport.com. So I was talking about it on that show, and I said that the one way that this show could work is if they modeled it after the first Lord of the Rings movie, in which there was a lot of adventuring, there was a lot of walking, it started at the Shire Town, it, it started like... In the same way Ocarina of Time pretty much started. With, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and in the same village with, with the same little people. And then there's the same ancient evil, which is uh, threatening, scary, but not actually rated R by any means. Mm-hmm. And th- so, like, you have times when it's, uh, I'm thinking of Return of the King right now, when I, I think Frodo, or was it Samwise, ended up fighting the spider. Like, that's right. something that could be in the Zelda TV show. The, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the ghouls and, and all that stuff. Like, all of all of the villains in Lord of the Rings would actually probably translate pretty well to uh, Zelda. Or at least most of the ones that don't involve, like, the actual war aspect. Yeah. I, I think Lord of the Rings, like, it's uh, lighthearted but still serious in tone. With, with a lot of walking, but a lot of, like, well-written walking. Is probably is probably the way this show would have to go. I know, that's a good box quote. Well written walking. <laughs> Alex Kalafi, Nintendo Mobile Port. Now, Alex, like I think you're right in terms of um, like the action on the show. Like I think it's good to have like these small scale sort of fights, like you said, against a a giant spider or something. I mean, basically like the bosses in Zelda versus huge warlike scenes in something you know as seen in Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you guys feel? Like, how would they... I mean, to me, one of the core things of Zelda is puzzle solving and dungeons. Do you think they can really pull that off in a show? The late movie did it. I don't think uh, they should uh, attempt it. They they should just engineer sort of, like, jun- dungeon-y sort of inspired uh, quests or, like, things that the characters have to do. Like, um, you know, we, you can't really go into something that expansive because, like... You know, how do you do it? Like, um, a good point of comparison would be like the Legend movie from the '80s, or even something like Indiana Jones. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, those sort of too, fi- yeah. filmic ideas would probably translate the best. Um, and it's not something you could do all the time. Like, I guess if you like, a part of the story would be, could be like, yeah, he's got to go collect the uh, three sacred gems or whatever. They could like have like certain trials that he has to accomplish another another idea would be to sort of take some a tiny bit of inspiration from like you know like hercules and xena from the 90s like they did a lot of that adventure stuff but um you know like sort of trials and stuff you could take that sort of route with it yeah yep and, yeah uh, i agree yeah just like it, the indiana jones thing's a fantastic point because i'm thinking of indiana jones and i'm thinking of i think it's the original star wars movie the, the movie called star wars where yeah. it's uh it's leia luke and i think han in that room that's closing like the walls are closing and you yeah. know what i'm talking about that scene yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's not yeah. about it's not about figuring out what the solution is it's about will our heroes figure out the solution in time Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so we're 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 like with the hero. We hope they succeed. We're not worried like 
which way do I need to move the block? So if they, they yeah. can frame the puzzles as like an action thing, and it would work perfectly. You know, like another another example, quick example is like, uh, do you know the scene in Temple of Doom where the spikes are coming down on Indy in short round and they've yeah. got to push the buttons and stuff, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For my sort of like idea though of where they could take it, like something that like, interests me is like, uh, you know, in the part of Ocarina of Time, there's like a short story by the Deku Tree that says like uh, how Link came to you know, be in the forest and all that. Like his mum like died or basically implied she died from like the battle of like Hyrule or whatever. And um, you could set the begin the story before that happens and like follow Link's dad as like a guard within Hyrule Castle or something. You know, get, you could introduce something like the King of Hyrule, his problems with the other provinces. Um, he could like, you know, follow the guard guy. He meets up with like this, um, you know, his love interest. It turns out to be Link's mom or whatever. You go, he like, you parallel that with like the looming threat of something in Hyrule happening. Like some sort of war breaks out between the Zoras, the Gorons and, and all that. Right. And, um, basically everyone flees a Hyrule town, Hyrule castle and Link's mom, you know, gets uh, tries to flee and like ends up into the deep forest or whatever, and uh, Link is like entrusted to some sort of you know race or whatever. It doesn't have to be the same like Kokiri and the Deku Tree. It could be like um, you know just some made up mystical sort of people that can like, move around and talk and provide Link with like um, guidance and things. Think of like the Dark Crystal. You know the, the early scene, the Dark Crystal with the. Uh, the, what are they called? The the elders or whatever. You guys yeah. are familiar with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's sort of the tone. Like I find like those little snippets within Zelda games, like like one sentence things that have uh, have some sort of interesting uh, angle or like hint at some interesting lore. That's what you should be focusing on to like build the story on, because like basically the plots in themselves within the Zelda games are pretty wafer thin. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I, I think expanding sort of the lore or building the world out is is the way to go. Which is why, to me, I like, and I mean, even like you said, I mean, have kind of focusing not only himself but other characters within the world. Like that's to me, that's the way. Uh, that's the best way to make and the like, show work. And like, you know, you could jump. That could I don't know how you'd pace that. That could be like the first arc of the season. Say sure. the next part. What you I would do is like after the the main conflict at the end of the part that part when Link sort of as a kid he's like passed off to these other people you then switch perspectives to um like a few years later and like have princess zelda in the castle and like uh you know um this man from the west or whatever has come and sort of influencing her father and she's like suspicious and you know you could follow the blueprint of ocarina of time but then bring in other elements from other games and throw in your own sort of um additions to flesh it out more Right, yeah, yes. I agree. I mean, what you basically described is like basically Gotham, but Hyrule. Like maybe they would just call it Hyrule. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like I mean, you're like you're like faster than that. Sure, yeah. I mean, the whole series wouldn't be centered around the idea of like Baby Link, um, but yeah, you get much more of of the development of the world in which he eventually like you know operates in and saves and everything. Um, I, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Ox? 
Uh, nothing, it's just, I, what do you guys think this show would actually be called? Because The Legend of Zelda, like, feels a little too on the nose, but Hyrule seems like it's not descriptive, descriptive enough. Like, I might just go with Zelda. Hmm, I don't know. Um, I think they I would have like... to call it The Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah, Legend but it'll of be Zelda, like Legend of Zelda, Zelda colon something. Exactly. Yeah, you could add a subtitle, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then maybe something. The Legend of Hyrule. Zelda Boom. <laughs> <laughs> the Legend of Zelda X. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Legend yeah, of Zelda it... Scarf's not included. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll Legend of Zelda be the name, and then colon, and then and then something else for sure. It has yeah. to be. Um, but yeah, either way, I'm excited. I think it's it's very telling that. Within what, like three or four months now, we've gotten the reveal that Nintendo's in talks with Sony to produce a animated Mario Brothers movie, and then they're also producing uh, a Zelda television series for Netflix. I really hope it um, happens because, like, it's Nintendo needs to expand out with their, yeah. their properties. Like, they need to, you know, like I was saying before, excite the younger generation properly. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I feel like they kind of do. I mean, I feel like kids still enjoy Mario Kart, right? Of course, and, like, of course. Recognize I, Mario and stuff. But yeah, to, course, to have this, like, I mean, Nintendo's other, I mean, apart from Mario, I mean, Zelda's the next biggest franchise, um, at least in terms of, like, I guess I shouldn't say next biggest, because certainly, like, at this point, Pokemon and Animal Crossing probably sell better than Zelda games. But see, in terms to me, of, like... To me, like, um, the popularity of some of the Nintendo franchises, like... Kids would like they play them and enjoy them, like say the new Super Mario Brothers series or something. But they don't; they're not like, from my perspective, they don't seem as crazy about it as something like something new, like Skylanders or you know Minecraft. Minecraft, yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Minecraft is like super popular with the little kids, you know, like yeah, huge. Where they're yeah they're uh, playing the game and then they're buying like merchandise based around Minecraft and everything like that. I mean that that's been huge. So I feel like yeah, I feel like they're trying to recapture that through these uh tv shows and movies uh and everything like that so i think it's good i really do think it's a good move um assuming it happens i feel like there's a lot of assumptions uh, on a Mm. lot of people's part including ours that this is real i mean it's journal and more uh viable than a lot of other sources but at the same time it's a source close to the project is the most we have it's it's that's that's all Wall Street Journal ever said. So I would give this a forty percent chance of being real, and then after that, <laughs> a forty percent chance of that that it'll actually come out. <laughs> so if the, I was yeah, if so I was like Iwata or someone, I would just like roll the dice and do it and see what happens. Like, what's you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I, I I hope it happens, and I do think I do think it will happen. I really do. Like I said, I mean, the, just just the source. I feel like now that we've gotten two uh, different sources illustrating that they're they're expanding into these these new areas, at least new in the past twenty years after like what happened with the the old Mario movie. Um, I think it's too much of a coincidence to just like have no truth behind it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I will totally watch this show, regardless of how it turns out. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah. So there you go. Uh. If you have thoughts about what this series will be or how it's going to turn out or what it will focus on, uh, send those into connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com. Maybe we'll uh, read some of those on the show at another time um, and just see what you guys think about it. Are you excited? I mean, 
Are you like Alex, where you're terrified that this will be bad? <laughs> Not terrified. I just um, know it'll be bad. And it's more like, <laughs> like a fact was... I'm aware of. <laughs> that was. I it's like actually was a live action reaction. adaptation of the cartoon. So, <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah, and I don't blame people for being worried when you look back at that cartoon. Um, but I feel like it'll be handled better today. I hope so. Anyway, uh, so Alex. And Nick, thank you so much for joining me and talking about this thing that may never happen. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. new segment of Nintendo World Report Connectivity. I'm your host for this week, Alexander Kalafi, and I'm joined by two very special people to talk to me about Xenoblade Chronicles X and Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Those two people are Scott Thompson. Hello! And usually of Radio Free Nintendo, James Jones. They haven't kicked me off yet for some reason. (laughs) How long has it been? How long have you been on that show? 2008. So it's seven years. Something like that, yeah. So... I joined on 86, I believe, and we're at, like, 416. Wow! So you're, this like... This is a you, lot of episodes! <laughs> it's... I, I just... I remember listening to Radio Free Nintendo, and you... I still used to think of you as, like, the replacement for Carl and Mike, but by this point, you're way more on the show than they ever were, by I'm, multiple times. I'm also way less drunk for the show, by multiple times, than they were. <laughs> <laughs> well... Okay, then. Maybe not tonight, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. So so the reason why I chose you specifically for this segment, Jim, is that you are Radio Free Nintendo's resident Xenoblade fan, to the point where I'm pretty sure I remember you talking about Xenoblade Chronicles X as one of your most anticipated games ever. I might have said that at some point. <laughs> How do you feel about that statement now? I feel like I've done a lot of walking in the last year and a half worth of trailers. But <laughs> besides that, like I'm still really excited to play that game. But oh my god, do they have a lot of video people just walking around. Yup. Yeah. Well, let's be real. I mean, we know coming from Xenoblade Chronicles that that is probably 75% of the game. It's true. And we know what this game is. The minute they did that little teaser trailer and you saw the combat system, you're like, oh, they're just making another Xenoblade. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm okay with this. Right, it's, yeah, we, I remember back when this game was first announced, we were all talking about this game at PAX East, and we were wondering if this was going to be, like, some sort of MMO-type game, like, uh, like, if they were going to make it Xenoblade, but, like, way more integrated multiplayer, but as it turns out, as we're going to talk about in a little while, it really is just Xenoblade, but with some Monster Hunter on top of it, too. Then yeah. reality happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, really, the trailer could have been, hey, we're making a new Xenoblade, it's got mechs in it, you're happy. And I'm like, yes, 
<laughs> I am because that's literally how I got the news on Twitter at work. It was just they're making another Xenoblade for Wii U. It has mechs, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> just pre-ordered it straight from your it's phone. Like, right little there. did I know that I would be dead by the time that game came out, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So it's we've we've seen a lot of walking in the last year and a half. It's been kind of like most of the trailer. We haven't actually seen that much gameplay, but believe it or not, the game's coming out in Japan in a couple months. Are, are you still incredibly excited for it, James? It's it's one of those scenarios where the game's been so long since it was announced that it, it sort of brought the, the pot down to a simmer. Like it's Something happens mm. and I get excited, but it's not this, this kind of constant grind of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this game's coming out, this game's coming out. And it's sort of the the danger of of pushing something so early that you sort of burn out your jets on it. You know, you're just kind of sitting there going, "Okay, I've seen four trailers of this game now. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of the same." Yep. I just want to play the game now, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely, and at the very least, even if like we're starting to get a little burned out on pre-release content, while at the same time not being shown enough of the right stuff. If the game ends up being one of the best RPGs of the last generation, or this generation, if not all time, like Xenoblade <laughs> was, it's, who cares? The best Cause... achievement of human artistic talent in the history of the world. And in yeah, fact, if there will never be a better one, you can go ahead and just, just like, die now. You're set. <laughs> those, it's those all downhill. Un- those aren't unrealistic expectations or anything. This, that's actually the, the starting line of the review for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, give up on life after you've played this game. I, I'm with yeah. you guys, though. I was, like, super, super excited when this first got announced, and now I'm, like, at about a medium level. I, I think it doesn't help that, like, I'm coming off of playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which, to me, feels very similar to Xenoblade Chronicles in some ways. And then, also, we saw that, like, hype-ass awesome trailer for Persona 5, which is supposed to be coming out this year. So, uh, between those two things, like, kind of sandwiching Xenoblade X in there, I'm kind of like, well, I'm still excited, but is it is it even going to be the best RPG I played this year, let alone, like you guys are saying, of all time? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know anymore. Nintendo yeah. may have taken the piss out of themselves a little bit with the Zelda trailers as well. It's it's sort of usurped them as, like, the, the Far Horizon game where you go, whoa, that's what yeah. you can do? Yeah. Uh, it's it's... This game, I, I don't know how uh, it's going to turn out in the long run. Like, like, do you, do you guys still think Xenoblade is one of the best RPGs maybe to ever come out? Ooh, I've played a lot of RPGs. That's a hard statement to make. It's it's certainly one of the best I played of the last generation. And unfortunately, there wasn't a ton of competition that wasn't on the DS or PSP. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's a really remarkable game at what it does. Yeah, and that's right. And what it does is a fairly unique offering. And I would say, I, I, I would say that it's it's for sure the best RPG of of the last generation. I would say it's probably the best JRPG since like the Super Nintendo era. I would almost say maybe you could argue that some PlayStation RPGs, which was really like obviously a home of excellent <laughs> Square RPGs, um, but just the way that it fuses so many different ideas and influences from both like Western and like Japanese influence, um, it just really came together. Uh, in a great way and like kind of to me pushed the jrpg genre forward in like a way that hadn't been done so long it had been stagnant for so long thanks to long-running series like final fantasy um 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's you said since the Super Nintendo, with the exception of some PlayStation things. Uh, in your opinion, do you think it's even better than some of those PlayStation RPGs, like the Final Fantasy sevens, eights, and nines? Yeah, kinda. I mean, like seven is overrated. Eight, like I, I could kind of take it or leave it. Nine is very good, but just because it's a throwback to the old Super Nintendo RPGs, like I, it's not groundbreaking in any way. Uh, Ten, I feel like is mostly just remembered because, like, oh, like it looks pretty and the characters talk now. Uh, I don't think the game itself is really all that amazing. Um, mm. So, yeah. Are you implying this might be better than Rhapsody, a musical adventure, where every character sings all the time? That's <laughs> that's groundbreaking. That's groundbreaking disc-based RPG goodness. I mean, I don't want to go out on a limb, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think what makes Xenoblade special, and th- there had been a lot of attempts. Uh, not a lot of them, so I have been a ton of JRPGs coming out from the major studios even J- in Japan, but there had been a lot of attempts to sort of build a, a different, more modern approach to JRPGs, and they had all kind of hit with different different results. I mean, you had things like Resonance of Fate, which is a very very weird game to play. You had you know Final Fantasy thirteen, which had been derided as you know Final Hallway. Mm-hmm. You had what Nintendo themselves announced, that they had worked with Mistwalker on, um, blanking on the name now. Oh, uh, the uh, Final Fantasy, but with just synonyms for both words. Uh, oh, last story. The last story. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you had you had this sort of undercurrent coming out of Japan of we need to try to do something different, and Monolith Soft had been sort of this. I mean, they had made a lot of JRPGs that were always a little bit their own thing. Um, you know, the uh, the Xenosaga games are they're they're, they're interesting. <laughs> I mean, they're quality games, but they had some very, some very curious ideas. Um, but you had things like the Batankaitos games that they worked on for. Um, I can't what company they made that published those. Well, Nintendo published the second one, but that they're, you know, they took this this idea of having these card games. But ultimately, the the moment to moment gameplay when you weren't in battle of all those games is still very JRPG centric. You know, what mm. rooted in what those were circa Super Nintendo, possibly even going back to you know, like Famicom stuff. So you saw really with sort of the HD consoles coming out this this desire to divorce yourself from these conventions that go back to 1986, 87, you know, monster monster hunter stuff. Mm-hmm. And what you or, well, excuse me, not monster hunter stuff, Jesus, Dragon Quest stuff. Dragon Quest, yeah. Yeah, and this is sort of one branch that took that I think people look at it and they go, "Oh, because there's so many moments where it is moment to moment striking just by its, its scope and magnitude." it ends up feeling much more different from JRPG conventions than it actually is. You don't leave... I mean, there's things like you don't leave the map to fight. But they aren't the first game to do that. There's the huge world that I think makes a lot of the game feel much more involved than it is. But a lot of the systems they have in there are evolutions of systems that already existed. They've just really honed things down to the point where it executes so many ideas and succeeds at them at such a high level and such a high rate that ultimately it feels like something that you've not played before. It's it's a matter of doing, as opposed to most of these JRPGs that were trying new things that did that one thing well, or did that one thing very poorly, and were judged based on that. It did everything well, including the things it was trying to do that remained traditional. Mm-hmm. And it, in a very few ways, it, it stayed traditional, but it didn't really try to do anything crazy. It was just evolving ideas in ways to make them more modern. Yep. It was a very unexpected to come out of a studio inside Nintendo's reach, essentially. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, 
let us move on to talk about the actual Xenoblade Chronicles X stream that we came here to talk about, which was originally billed not as a Nintendo Direct, but just as a stream, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it, it, I, I guess it makes sense, though, because they didn't really talk that much about the game as much as stuff surrounding the game. Like, one of the main things they were talking about was this Wii U bundle that's coming out for 35,000 yen, uh, comes with black gamepad, Wii U black, uh, retail copy of Xenoblade Chronicles X, an art book, a special card, and a 1,000 yen prepaid card with an original design. And the reason why I bring this up is that I think it's interesting that Nintendo's actually making a bundle out of this in Japan, because in Japan, it... I remember that game only doing okay, like 150, 160,000. It didn't do well. It was sort of a, a niche-ish game in that genre. It was... I, I think... I'm sure Nintendo had higher expectations for it, and I'm sure that colored their decisions that they made, you know, bringing that game to the West. But mm -hmm. ultimately, in the West especially, but also in Japan, that game's legend almost preceded it. And okay. the push they're giving Xenoblade Chronicles X, additionally, I think they view this as a much bigger game than they viewed its predecessor. And I think the public at large, it, it's not an unknown anymore. The, the last thing these guys had done before that game was Disaster Day of Crisis, which, bearists aside, is Disaster <laughs> Day of Crisis. So I think they feel like they've got a much more established footing to work with here. And, of course, they just put Shulk and Smash. Nintendo is trying to build a brand out of this. So even if that, that console unit isn't a great financial success for them it's it's kind of a loss leader they're positioning themselves on plus yeah. there's, there's mechs in it now so you have to remember that's an insta hit in japan so there are mechs in it <laughs> i i would argue that this isn't necessarily a japanese thing anymore nintendo's uh xenoblade initiative because in the west i was surprised to find out that uh xenoblade chronicles 3d which we're going to talk about in a little while is being sold at gamestop it's being sold at amazon it's being sold everywhere as a proper nintendo title not being shimmied into retail exclusive or what i originally thought they were going to do make it a club nintendo elite reward at the very end and then just sell it on the eShop. It, it like even though it's just a new 3ds exclusive it seems like they're going all out with xenoblade it's the fact that they announced xenoblade chronicles x for the west in 2013 before that game had even established uh, the legacy it has now it's they're getting assertive. Yeah, to them, this is the opportunity to create a new franchise. Ultimately, like mm -hmm. they they saw that the Xenoblade Chronic so Xenoblade Chronicles word of mouth really helps it out. Probably even all the way back in Kyoto, they saw this sort of the drumbeat that came out from that game. That them them withholding that game from a region actually kind of built its prestige up even more because you had the situation where outlets like us were reviewing the European version of the game and going, look what I got. Like, <laughs> al almost teasingly with our fans, like, you guys should be super mad at Nintendo. This game's the hotness. Mm -hmm. And it created this sort of self-perpetuating internet ball that just sort of rolled down the hill constantly. Plus, I feel like Nintendo has to look at it and go, like, well, we half-assed and, like, completely botched the release in North America. Absolutely. And it still did incredibly well. Like, we sold through every, like, you know, every copy we produced. It goes for crazy amounts of money on eBay now. Like, imagine if we actually really tried this time. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they realized the potential brand value of what they had. I think they yeah. saw it as a one-off, and they said, well, if we don't release it in the West, whatever, we're not going to make another one. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, I'm just surprised with how 
uh, crazy they're getting with Xenoblade Chronicles X, because this even goes into the in-game stuff. They were talking about the online and how they have this passive multiplayer mode where 32 players can exchange strategic information items, and then four players can, in straight-up Monster Hunter style, do quests together. Mm -hmm. Which is real interesting, and I think that might be part of why they are getting more confident about this game, is that they think... Hmm? I was gonna say, was there clarification? Are these like special, like separate quests? I mean, these aren't like main story quests, are they? It's. I doubt they're just gonna. No, let they're you so in, in in the original game. There were these big, burly, like level one hundred and twenty six monsters. Right, that right. Somebody might give you a quest to go kill, and you look at them like, no, <laughs> what, no. And I think this is just though you will be able to partner up and deal with those things because ultimately, giant monster quests. Yeah, yeah. Or it may just be that, well, they would almost have to sandbox you in, or they'd have to basically just stop all world progression. Like that's how I feel. Yeah, you, it wouldn't be like streamlined with the the rest of the world. You'd like probably enter a separate area. You'd have to load in, and it would be its own special area yeah. thing. Yeah. Do you think Nintendo is actually going to manage to get some of that Monster Hunter money if they no. sell the game on this? Nintendo already gets that Monster Hunter money. They're not. <laughs> yeah. They're not super worried about it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's on the 3DS, and also Monster Hunter costs money to play in yes. Uh, Japan. Yes. Yeah. And all it's, those Monster Hunter faceplates for the new 3DS. I, I wonder if that's going to change in the future. It's. I, I wonder if that's going to be a, a Sony thing for Monster Hunter Five, or if Nintendo has that fully locked down. It's. It's a so. As an aside, it's it's a weird place if you're a Japanese company trying to strike a deal with Sony right now. The PS4, Sony has managed the PS4's release about the same way Nintendo managed Xenoblade Chronicles' release in North America. <laughs> just just a <laughs> fucking catastrophe in Japan. Like, they released it with essentially no games. And I mean that in, mm. in a literal sense. Almost essentially no games. It was so bad, there was a company that... The biggest publisher of games in Japan on Sony's platform is a company that ports mid-80s arcade games to PSN. To the PS4. So that went really badly. The Vita's done all right there, but not enough. Capcom will be throwing away money to go after it, essentially. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo has Capcom by the balls a little bit, at least if they want to keep putting it on dedicated video game hardware. It's if they decide they wanted to try to make this a mobile franchise where things get hairy. I think we're both parties involved. So mm-hmm. right now they've probably got it down on lock, but mm. it could change conceivably. Okay. All right, and then some of the other stuff that is in uh, that the uh, not Nintendo Direct announced relationships between characters expand through interactions, almost like social links in Persona. So there was a there was a a web matrix of like personalities and relationships in Xenoblade Chronicles, but I don't know that it did much. I think it was really just a mechanism for you to see where the quests were. I know if yeah. you did stuff, people got to know each other better, but it wasn't really a major issue. I was gonna say we're, there was like special like dialogue trees at some point. I feel like so, oh, yeah, that's right, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you go to a certain spot and it would trigger a dialogue event. Right, if two characters were and close if your enough. affinity wasn't high enough, you couldn't watch them. So there was right. that. So it's just like extra like kind of world building and character building. But I don't know that it like had any impact on like say the actual like battles or anything like that. I don't think it improved like your combat with your uh, your squad or anything. Did it? Uh, I. It, I could be misremembering, but I, I thought there was some kind of chemistry between uh, certain party members. Was that? Am I misremembering? No, there was. was. Kind of I mechanic? just don't remember. I don't remember what ramifications it had beyond the special special event video events. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know right. that it, it played a role it, in the actual. It, it probably had some have. some minor thing that it did as well. 
I don't yeah. know. Most most of my party probably hated each other, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran them ragged through the world. What did they care? <laughs> uh, okay, and then what else we got? You can skip travel, which is fine. Preloads available in Japan now, 22.7 gigabytes. So that means that the game is pretty much done and actually will come out in April. Uh, when do you guys think the game's going to come out in North America? I say October. I just hope nowhere near fucking Zelda because, like James said, that will already kill it. <laughs> well, so that's that's sort of the to really answer this question, you have to make a prediction on Zelda. Yeah, D- it's gonna Zelda, be November. Does Zelda actually happen this year? Is the question? Unless and, they have Animal Crossing, yes. It's with, it, it's well, either Animal Crossing or Zelda comes out in November. They cannot just let nothing come out in November. Well, sure they could. They could let Xenoblade come out in November. That's the that, point. That's not you, big if enough. you're if you're predicting that Zelda comes out this year, then you have to push Xenoblade up at least a month, probably two. Don't so maybe Star even Fox August. Too? That that's got to be in the September area, I bet. Probably around when Star Fox sixty four three D came out. I, I was sort of slotting it in the uh, early October where they put Star Fox. I mean, where they put um, Hyrule Warriors in that yeah. kind of time frame. There, that was late September, wasn't it? I thought uh, is either it was either the very very end of September or the first week of October. Okay, but that area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, the beginning of October. I would love, love, love getting Xenoblade Chronicles X as a summer release because there's a drought. There's not much going on, and I, that, I would really be able to invest a lot of time into it immediately. If it comes out near the end of the year, like yeah, I'll buy it. But it's, I'm gonna be hard pressed to like get anywhere near this what 300 hour reported uh, playtime required to like complete everything. Not that I'll complete everything anyway, but yeah. If yeah. you want to, if you want to do every single quest, which in the first game, if you did that, you were an idiot i mean it's really the only way to describe it it was insane yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes it would take you 300 hours if you're the pro- also happen to be the producer of the game <laughs> yeah whether that increases or decreases the time for the average player who knows uh but yeah to me summer like get get it like right in the, the middle of summer when nothing's really going on that's when i that's when i personally want it now i don't know if like business wise if that's the best time to really release a game who knows i i don't do studies on that but for me selfishly that's when i want it I'm more interested to see if uh, Persona 5 affects Xenoblade's release or Xenoblade affects Persona 5's release in North America. Because Persona is probably slated for November because Atlas always has a big game in there. Uh, if Nintendo sees that, do you think there's a chance they would move it up or back a month? No, that's not really their MO. Okay. I mean, this is, this is the company that released... Wonderful I 101 s- two days before GTA 5. Or yep. two days after. <laughs> yep. I want to say they released... Uh, Prime Two right alongside a Halo game. I mean, Halo they don't. Two. Like yep. that, that might have been like the the big I, one too. I think I think it might be the same day or, or very close yeah. to the same day. I mean, they don't give a shit. <laughs> Which only uh, makes that hackneyed multiplayer mode in, in Prime Two look that much worse when releasing alongside Halo freaking Two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else we got? Skip travel, like I said. All the in-game areas and continents seem totally huge, and I love that because one of the locations is called Neo Los Angeles. And it has a shopping district, and then it showed off this uh, art of, like, a pool and patio, which looked a lot like Michael's house in GTA V. Like, it's, it straight up looked like Los Santos in GTA V, it's, but, like, a weird modern future version. It, it's not even, like, a weird modern future version, though. It's like a house you could go down the street and see. <laughs> it just seems so out of place. Like, look at this sci-fi tech we have. Also, here's, like, a McMansion somebody built. I don't know. It's jarring in a good way, I, I think. <laughs> I, I, I like when JRPGs do weird, like, real-world realistic stuff like that. It's like, couldn't you guys have found a better use for the last surviving resources of humanity than build a big <laughs> fucking house in a pool? Some nice uh, palatial estate, yeah. <laughs> uh... 
and then dolls and mechs continue to look super amazing. It's they didn't really reveal that much. Most of it came out like the other week when they were revealing like there's like eight classes and you can do this and this. <laughs> I was just say maybe maybe I blanked out, but did the can you actually use the mechs in combat? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. I must have just so in one of the, in that. one of the very early trailers they showed somebody fighting a huge boss. I think it's the okay. 2013 E3 trailer, and they they were using one of the dolls. Okay, good. Because for like the most part, I feel like they just showed them like slowly flying around the landscape. Um. So, but that's good. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, let's talk a little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, which recently got a release date and Amiibo support confirmed for it. It supports Amiibo in this new feature, uh, kind of like how Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D had its own extra world that Monster Games made. It seems like Monster Games' big new feature in Xenoblade Chronicles 3D is this collection mode, where you can see 3D models of a lot of stuff in the game, and then you can also uh, play music and stuff. And it seems like the Shulk Amiibo unlocks stuff there, which seems okay. It, it's like they had to put some new feature in it. I, I don't know. Does this say anything to either of you? Uh, no. <laughs> it does. It, I mean, I already want to get a Shulk Amiibo, but it doesn't like make me feel like I absolutely need one now. Yeah. I look at my my game collection and see two copies of Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> well, you one have, from like, Europe, the US? one from North America. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm good. Well, okay. Let me ask you then. So, the release date, by the way, is April tenth in North America and April second in Europe. Personally, I am so excited to have a good excuse to replay Xenoblade in some new fashion. Uh, are you just not going to get Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, James? I don't. I mean, well, I'm not going to buy a new 3DS in that time window. So that's okay. I mean, yeah, sure. but ultimately, even if it was coming out on a system I had. I don't think I would buy it because if I wanted to play that game, I'd just want to sit down in front of my TV and play it. I know, I've got a decent-sized TV and have comfortable chairs. I would just <laughs> want to sit there and veg out to that game. Did the original Xenoblade support classic controller, or was yeah. that we? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how I played it. Yeah, okay. It's, uh, I was actually somewhat impressed by the trailer. It seems like they're putting at least some of the new 3DS power to good use because it looks... At least somewhat comparable to the original Xenoblade, though it, visually, I guess it wasn't a total stunner. <laughs> I didn't historically say that it looked like a PlayStation One game. <laughs> there, or no, N sixty four was it? N sixty four. I said N sixty four because <laughs> it, do you remember the Babong King in Super Mario sixty four? Like yeah, that first course, level where course, he went yeah. up. The textures on that mountain <laughs> that Mario climbed. Oh, in yeah. Super Mario 64 were identical to the cliff textures in Xenoblade. When yeah. you when you got close to the settings in Xenoblade, things started to fall apart real quick. Yeah. It's at, a di- at a distance, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I think specifically the controversy came about when I said that the character models look like an N64 game. Yeah. Would, yeah. But I, I don't even I don't even think that was maybe Dreamcast. Maybe I, I was reaching a little bit. Shulk's, Shulk's face looks like garbage. It's it's a very visually inconsistent game, which will make it fit in uh, pretty well on the 3DS. <laughs> That's right. a ringing endorsement. <laughs> no, but it's I really want to replay Xenoblade Chronicles so bad before X comes out because I forgot most of the original story except for how crazy the ending was and how it's nuts. That's the story. It is, just, it it's, is just crazy. it's just nuts. 
<laughs> and I remember the gameplay being amazing, except for having two really, really horrible boss battles towards oh, yeah. the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, the end is Nate, really hard, yeah. I, I just remember that one boss where uh, I, I wasn't using Ricky at all for the entire game, and then it turns out he was the one necessary party member you had to have to fight that, like, poison sea queen. Yeah, the ground is poison. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, worst boss I've ever played Yeah, any yeah, game. you had to use, like, you had to inflict, like, uh, statuses to kill her. It, that was a real mess of a boss fight. And then the final boss was super hard, too. Xenoblade. <laughs> I, d- I, did it with, I did it without Ricky because fuck Ricky. <laughs> fuck Ricky, indeed. And I love that that trailer from, like, E3 or, like, a couple months ago sold Ricky as, like, this fun little thing at the end of the trailer. Like, hey, fan service. We, we got slippy toed. Uh, well, what's so... Going back to the, the non-direct they had, uh, the Jap- this Japanese video... What makes it not a direct is that there were no people in it. It was characters of the game talking about the game completely obliterating, the, you know, <laughs> the fourth wall. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm blanking on what, what the new uh, the new Nippon's name is, but um, he was in there for a significant portion of the time talking with the new, this game's melt face girl, Rin, mm-hmm. <laughs> who has the worst face I have ever seen in a video game since Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> And they they were insufferable. Like yeah. even only understanding little bits of what they were saying, they were insufferable. And I'm like, oh god, I would have to play a game for these guys for like a hundred hours. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not as uh, not as high on that. I agree. Oh, <laughs> uh, in the E3 2014 trailer, when the when he rolls out of the the fruit container at mm-hmm. the very end of the trailer as the stinger i just swore like <laughs> in the media room just started swearing yeah of all things to carry over like to build this link to xenoblade chronicles i don't know why it had to be yeah the napon like i'm i i did not need to see those characters ever again especially especially since in the very first xenoblade chronicles x trailer when it was just called x shulk was in that trailer mm-hmm if not someone who looked identical to yeah, Shulk. Yeah, he looked a lot like Shulk. He actually looked a lot like Soggy from um, uh, Sin and Punishment. I was like, wait, what What game is this? And then I saw <laughs> I saw him with the game, I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Alrighty, that will be our show for this week. I would like to thank Scott for joining me. I would like to thank James for joining me. He can be found on Radio Free Nintendo every week around Sunday. You can find James on Twitter at NWR underscore James. You can find Scott at OKSoda, OK in the word soda. You can find me at C-U-L-A-F-I-A, that is A. That'll be all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, Don't forget, we're going to do our best winter slash snow slash ice music segment next week, so send in your submissions and your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Also, if you've got a moment, please give us a nice rating on iTunes. It really helps expand the audience and get the word out. Thanks a lot.